grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the introit that we sang just a few moments ago, especially these familiar words from Psalm 124. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve 2021. New Year's Eve means a lot of different things to people, not only in our country, but throughout the world. We have a giant ball going to float down from the sky in New York City. We have now a new tradition of college football playoff games being played on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. We have people who look at this day as an opportunity to party, party hardy. Maybe partying to the point of forgetting the past and trying not to remember things that were unpleasant. New Year's Eve is singing Auld Ang Syne, and as long as I live, I will never understand the words or the meaning of that silly little song. Are we supposed to forget our friends of the past or supposed to remember them? Well, you check it out for yourself. and Maybe you can make some sense of it for me. Two years ago, we gathered on New Year's Eve of 2019, and we thought about the year ahead, a new decade, depending on how you count decades, and we looked forward with optimism. And then, the events of less than a hundred days later shocked not only our nation, shocked the world, and we're still feeling the reverberations yet today. A year ago, we gathered as we looked forward to 2021 and said, one thing we can be sure of about the year ahead, it will be better than the year behind. We have all these wonderful advances in science, including a vaccine. We have a new president and a new administration. We have all these things that are going to make things better. And here we are, and many people, perhaps even most people, would say that the events of 2021 were even worse than the events of 2020. So, here we are, saying goodbye to the past, saying goodbye to 2021, looking forward to 2022, and what are we to do? What are we as Christians to do? We know that we, are bound by time, 
And we know that God not only is not bound by time, but he is the creator of time. When we come together for a special worship service on New Year's Eve, are we allowing culture and the calendar to dictate what we do and what we hear in church? Well, maybe to a certain point. But I would submit that as we hear these readings and sing these special end of the year, New Year's Eve songs, that it's a good thing. It's a good thing to remember the past. It's a good thing to look forward to the future. And it is a good thing, as always, to hear the Word of God. Our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 30 is a stark reality of what happens when we turn our backs on God and His Word. The outcome is not pleasant. Our Gospel reading reminds us that not only is the end of 2021 coming, but the end of the world is coming. The bridegroom is coming back. Jesus, the end of the world. Are you ready? Prepare. Blessed are you if the bridegroom finds you ready when he returns. Our epistle reading, probably one of the most beautiful, comforting gospel sections in all of Scripture that reminds us, no matter what day it is, no matter what year it is, no matter what stage of life we are in, that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate you, you, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, we cling to that promise each and every day of our life. And with that thought in mind, we turn to the words of our intro. That first line from Psalm 124, familiar line, we used to sing it, and now, mostly, we speak it as a part of our liturgy in divine service setting three. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Where God's name is, there He is. Where has He placed His name? On you in the waters of holy baptism as he adopted you into the family, claiming you as his own, baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God has put his brand on us. He has adopted us into his family, and he promises, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Well, sometimes the events of this world cause us to question cause us to doubt. And so God's word reminds us again and again 
and again where our help comes from. Where do you look for help? Well, maybe we look to the pharmacist for help. You know, whatever pills or prescriptions we need to keep us going. Maybe we look to our paycheck for help. After all, can't pay the bills, can't support the church, unless we get that paycheck. Maybe we look to our own reason or ability for our help, picking ourselves up by our own bootstraps. There are many places that we look to, and all of these things are good and proper in their place, as long as they do not become our God. God teaches us in the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Literally, you shall have no other gods in my face. We are to fear, love, and trust in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, above all things. It's command. It's the most important of the Ten Commandments from which all of the other commandments of God flow. And yet time after time, we wave our false gods in front of God's nose. We think we have better words than the Lord God Himself. We trust in anything and everything except God and His Word. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Why? Who made heaven and earth. Seems very odd, doesn't it? God repeatedly, throughout the pages of Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Psalms, points to the fact that He is Creator. He is the God who spoke everything into existence. He is the God who made everything, including you. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. There's only one God, God says, the God who made everything. All of the other gods are fake gods, phony gods. They cannot help. They can only disappoint. God is the maker of all things, and we are reminded of the importance of creation and the fact that God is the only creator God among all the fake and phony gods that are out there. But if we think about it, the fact that God is creator is not in and of itself good news. God made everything. 
I'm accountable to Him. He is holy and I am not. My friends, how can the fact that our thrice holy God, the creator of heaven and earth, is in charge, or in fact, the large, or the king of the universe and in charge, how is that good news? My friends, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. God is not telling us that we need new music on our playlist or new songs in the worship service. No. The new song is Jesus. Jesus, who was prophesied from of old, the Savior, the Messiah, the one who would crush the serpent's head, the one who would usher in, as Jeremiah says, the new covenant. Well, read the words of the new covenant. The new covenant sounds an awful lot like the old covenant. That which is promised is now fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Our God is the creator of heaven and earth. And when fallen creation cries out in anguish to its creator God, God goes in action. God gives a promise. I will send one who will restore all things, who will make everything new. I will send one who will crush the serpent's head and bring salvation full and free. The song of the Old Testament is looking forward to God keeping His promise in the gift of a Messiah. The new song is the promise fulfilled in the birth of the Christ child, Jesus Christ. God makes a promise, God keeps His promise. We just got through celebrating Christmas, God's gift of the Christ child, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh manifest for us, all the fullness of the deity dwelling in the babe in the manger, God taking on flesh and blood in and of itself does not provide for us any help. No. The fact that Jesus took on flesh and blood, that's a wonderful gift. That's a wonderful miracle. The fact that Jesus walked and talked on this earth, performing miracles, healing the sick, raising the dead, that doesn't help you. That doesn't help me. Jesus takes on flesh and blood for a reason. And that is to accomplish our salvation. He took on flesh and blood so that he could die the death we have earned and deserve. He took on flesh and blood to bleed and die on Calvary's cross. The blood of Jesus is holy and perfect. 
But the blood of Jesus does us no good as long as it is pumping only in Jesus' veins. Jesus sheds his blood on Calvary's cross, oozing out of his hands and feet and side and forehead and chin and back. His blood shed for you, for me, for the life of the world. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus says the Lord. And so that's why Jesus, that babe in a manger, takes on flesh and blood. To go to Calvary's cross and earn salvation for the entire world. My friends, we dare not see the manger apart from the cross of Calvary. The two are inseparable. The two are the new song that God gives us to sing. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The right hand of God is a word picture. A word picture of the power and might of God. Throughout the pages of the Old Testament, especially those middle chapters of Isaiah, where our Old Testament reading comes from, we have nation after nation after nation listed. And God reaches out His strong and powerful right arm against them, punishing them for their sin, punishing them for their idolatry, punishing them for their iniquity. And the people of God sit back and say, Go get them, God. They deserve it. Go get them, God. Let them have it. And then finally, God says that his strong and powerful right hand will be used against the people of God. As Paul would say, there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. My friends, do you see the miracle of this new song? The strong and powerful right arm of God that lashes out punishment, pours out punishment, real punishment. Not on you and me, but on our substitute. That tiny little right arm of God that is laying in a manger. That tiny little hand that grows up, that is stretched out on Calvary's cross. God pours out His wrath and punishment on His own Son. No, it's not divine child abuse. It's the Gospel. It's the good news of our salvation. Jesus taking the hit for our sin. 
Jesus paying the price with his blood and with his life for our salvation. This is the new song. Because of God's great love for us in his Son, Jesus Christ, we have nothing to fear. Not the sin or the disappointments of the past. Not any worries or cares in the future. If God is for us, who can be against us? No one. Nothing. My friends, God's great love for you in Jesus Christ means that your sin in the past is gone as far as the east is from the west. It means that you are right now in God's hands, the very nail-scarred hands of Jesus, and nothing or no one can snatch you out. And it means that your future, however long that future is, a few days, a few years, a few decades, however long that future is, is secure. Because God is in charge of all things, even time. God knows your name. God knows your needs. God knows your sin. God knows your hopes and desires. And He makes them all real and true in the holy and precious blood of Jesus. My friends, there will probably be at least a few difficult days in 2022. Maybe lots of them. Maybe even more than the last two years. We don't know, but God knows. And He teaches us where to turn when we need help. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Sing to the Lord a new song for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and holy arm have worked salvation for Him. The Lord has made known His salvation to you. He has revealed His righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered His steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Jesus, Bleeding and dying, suspended between heaven and earth, is your salvation, is the salvation of the nations, is our hope and our help for the days and weeks and months ahead. There are many people that have many different ideas about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. My friends, know for sure that our hope is not in the new year. Our hope is in the one 
who makes all things new, including you. If you would, turn with me to the gradual that we sang just a few moments ago. Two verses from Psalm 90. I can't think of a better way to bring this message to a close than for all of us to read together those words of the gradual. Please, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, the new year. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.